This season of The Ready State is sponsored by Territory Foods. Before we get into how great Territory Foods is and how it has actually improved our lives, let's get in the Wayback Machine for a second. Juliet, what was the worst lunch that you used to bring to school? Well, I didn't bring a bad lunch because my parents were hippies who ate organic food, but my best friend Hillary Reynolds, who I was so envious of, would bring a double pack of Swiss cake rolls, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on white bread, and a Capri Sun in a school bus lunchbox. Ugh. I was so jealous. We're sitting here with our producer. Lisa, what did you used to have? Ho-ho's. Ho-ho's? Doritos. Doritos. And a sandwich on brown bread. A sandwich on health bread. Roman meal. All right. So look, here's the deal. That was then. Now our kids are like, mm, what's the carbon footprint of that meal? You know, is that organic? Is that keto? One of the things that has really improved the quality of our parenting is that we often send our kids to school with a kick butt lunch that has been made by a local chef and our kids have selected it and territory has filled that gap for us. And frankly, eliminated the need for Juliet and our daughters to have lunch envy. <laughs> One of the great things is that Territory Foods is doing all the shopping and cooking and organizing and complying and finding organic foods and basically doing everything for us so we know we can send our kid off with a really super healthy lunch or take a really healthy lunch for ourselves. Yeah, really. That's when I say kid, Juliet's looking at me and she's like, well, don't you eat all the Territory Foods? So these meals... Um, for us have added variety and they feel like an insurance, uh, a little bit of insurance during the week because sometimes we get behind or I just, I get bored with trying to eat the same things for lunch when we're hustling and Territory Foods has solved that problem. If you want to receive $25 off your first two orders, go to territoryfoods.com slash yum slash the ready state. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Kelly Starrett. And I'm Juliette Starrett. And this is The Ready State. You got it! You better stop it! You got it! We are happy to welcome TJ Cooper to the podcast today. He's been a lead trainer in tactical topics since 1987 and recently retired in 2016 after 34 brief years of continuous service. He still serves as a lead trainer for the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office and now works for the University of North Florida Police Department as a police officer leading the train division. TJ teaches civilian law enforcement and military agencies on demand. As lead tactical trainer, he continually trains, attends and teaches high liability topics in criminal justice academies, colleges, and training forums. TJ is also a consultant with tactical certifications as an instructor trainer from several national companies and has graduated from a host of highly rated programs, including the ATF and the FBI, with further training in programs ranging from aircraft assaults to waterborne operations. A writer of several publications and articles, manuals, TJ has an associate degree in general studies, but he's a certified as an EMT and tactical medic personal training consultant and continues a slow pursuit of a master's degree in education. We're going to dive right in and get into TJ's association with CrossFit and its early application to the tactical athlete. Welcome to the Ready State podcast, TJ. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Hey, TJ, you have had a crazy, full, busy career with Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, countless trainings and specializations. Uh, we'll get into that. But first, how did you become aware of CrossFit? Like we call it CrossFit aware. Like, how did you hear about it? When did you start doing it? That sort of thing. 
So um, 2001, I was a cadre to a group called Police Corps. It was a, the government's want to create a training program for law enforcement officers that went above and beyond. Those, those were their words, not mine. <laughs> the standard training programs that we had been using. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Derek Ray, who was, uh, I guess he was going through a program with some military guys, was a part of that police corps group. Our agency, the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, was granted the uh, opportunity to train the police corps for the first five years. So they came in. Uh, it was uh, Lou Hicks, who was a, a Navy SEAL. Huck Ross was his own commander. And Tom Votour, who was uh, my liaison in the academy. They all came together. And supposedly they wanted to just develop this super ready state program. And yeah, so 2001, we ran across a little blue thing on the internet called CrossFit. And <laughs> we decided to give it a shot and see what it was all about. Um, this, I didn't even know that it was like actual internet access, but, you know, we, we would get emails from Coach Glassman and um, if eventually we were able to like log in and follow this site. So we compared the JSO people regular recruits with the police corps recruits and it was a it was telling it was a maybe 70 percent uh above average from what we had been seeing just 70 percent 70 percent do you mean in terms of like athletic performance 70 yeah. percent or yeah um, okay yeah. okay so that's what, pretty amazing what, what else was interesting was that um so i was in i was in college uh, and my capstone paper in college was on survival learning police theory you know, people always talk about how tough you got to be, but mentally that's fine. But physically, if you can't carry it out, you're still going to lose. So my capstone project was this fitness wellness sort of deal. And uh, our agency bought in on it and said, hey, we want you to train the guys that are already on the street. So I got lucky and I was able to do recruits, the police corps program, uh, SWAT officers and tenured police officers all in one shot. And in uh, eight years at the time, we went from a 20, 22, 23%, um, I'm sick today, can't come to work, to a 3%. Hmm. And the injury wow. rates went zero. So, wow. Yeah, it was, it was good. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No hates that brass. They hate yeah. that. Everyone yeah. shows up for work and, and people have fewer back injuries. Exactly. Yeah. So you were an early affiliate. How did that how did that come about? And did you always sort of specialize in this law enforcement agency kind of space? No, I'm I'm a lifelong martial artist and you know, Yoshinkan Aikido, some Shotokan stuff, and uh had a wrestling scholarship. So I've always kind of been on the fitness angle. Um, and you know, I've, I've done again, a ton of certifications because they were required by the agency, but I always knew what I liked. Well, when I ran into CrossFit, it was like, wow, this is like martial arts and wrestling and stuff that I do when nobody's looking at me. And <laughs> it's, it's it, perfect confirmation. By yeah, it, right? <laughs> it was confirmation. So, um, we, I, 
I called the coach and said, Hey, would you be interested in coming to Jacksonville? And uh, Derek used his connections with police corps. And the next thing you know, he flew out and did a three day seminar for us in uh, room 216 upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and by coach, do you mean coach Glassman? Coach, yeah, Greg Glassman. Yep. Um, so we did that. Uh, we stayed in contact. Uh, just a quick sidebar. I, I had just gotten out of the hospital. I had a, a pretty big injury on duty and it, it put me at home for about a year. Um, so when I met him, you know, we, we talked a little bit. I shuttled him around and <laughs> he, he asked me about my diet and I was like, yeah, well, you know, I do this, 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 and this. And, um, and he says, you're going to be back in the hospital in six, six months promise. And at six weeks after he left, I was back in the hospital. So, um, I was sold. I mean, essentially, you know, he said I was going to be there. I was there. I, I believed in what he was doing prior. So the police corps wanted to get other people certified and they said, Hey coach, we, we want you to certify us. And he said, I, I don't really do certifications. I came out to Jacksonville with some guys and, and they said, hey, we'll pay you $10,000. He says, I, I do certifications. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so they're kind of the birth of the search. We, we started those, and he was gracious to me. I got to I gotta say, I mean, um, flew me out to California, stayed at his house. I'd do three, four, five-day training stints at a time, five, six times a year. And all he asked was for me to suffer, and I did. Um, so it was good and Kelly doesn't remember but back when Boz and those guys were around and uh it it was great I flew up to Atlanta a couple times took a few of his seminars there and um I won't spend too much of that right away but yeah it was it was that was the part that was missing for me which part so you know I did martial arts and that was just brutal you know, and wrestling was pretty intense and CrossFit was crazy intense. And, you know, like I know that the coach alluded earlier on, you know, just people rest, you know, you know, you kind of just take a day off. Don't do too much. Don't worry about it. Come on back and go again. Um, and that's what I did. And, and you know, my body's broken. You know, you, you can only get thrown around so long and wrestle so long before joints just don't go back to where they were, <laughs> you know, when you start it, you're stiffer, you're tighter. Judo, the gentle way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pull, pulling tires off trees and being tossed about and uh, Japan's everything they say. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, if I had it to to do again, I wouldn't have gone back in the hospital if I had paid attention to nutrition, if I had paid more attention to what mobility is, not, oh, mobility is flexibility. And yeah, you know, you can do a little bit of it, but you really just need to do the natural things and your body will blend and go where it needs to go. And it doesn't kind of work that way. So but it may work that way if you, uh, if you're just a person fetching firewood yeah. yeah, and car- carrying, or, carrying or some as, cornmeal around. Or as Kelly says, it works that way until it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, catching people jumping out of uh, two-story windows. There's only oh. so much impact you got. You, there's some 
there's some recovery you have to do. Recovery is a big, big, big deal. And it's just, I know there's a lot of spin out there now. People have their ways of doing it. Um, but if you don't understand why you're doing it, it like you say, strictly from your books, which I have all of, by the way, and none of them with your signature. Hmm. We got. We have to remedy that. Well, I will yeah. sign it in my own blood, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So your stuff is you're ahead of it. Like I currently work for University of North Florida, and we've started migrating towards stand up desks. And so yes, I, re- I remember coming in and giving them your book. Hey, what do you think of this? And they're like. Well, I don't know anything about it. What is it? I'm like, it's what, why do you have stand up desks? Oh, because people are requesting it because they're, you know, their backs hurt. Like, yeah, you need this book. <laughs> and yeah, so now it's, you know, we have three or four copies there and it kind of comes with the desk. Just to oh, get, I, love it. I love it. You get, you get the book and the desk you as get, a, um, well, I think, well, go ahead, Jay. Oh yeah. Well, I was just going to say thanks for, um, sharing it around. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think Juliet and I had this experience where until, you know, CrossFit was the first discipline that asked us to full squat, to receive a clean all the way down, right. to have my arms over my head and, and to run and, and stabilize and be stiff and, and a- actually access all these positions and shapes. Yeah. And I think if we didn't have that, we wouldn't know. Right. So Greg was on to something obviously very early. Yeah. And some of that is you can't see it, especially when you're wearing body armor, especially when you're in the cruiser or wearing utility belt. You just can't see what you can't do until someone asks you to do what you can't do, unless you're in a fight or jumping over a fence. Or traditional martial arts. That was the thing that it just rang with me. You know, this the uh, it's the corny yin yang thing, right? They want you to stand still and take in everything, but then move as fast as possible. You know, it's that whole, whatever I say here, I want you to be really, really good at, and now I want you to be really, really good at the opposite. So work hard, play hard, (laughs) you know, uh, eat, rest, enjoy the sun, but the moon is when sleep happens. You, you, it's, yeah, so it's there. This is the stuff you got to do. So I, I can't move forward without going back um, to your sitting in the car with Greg and him telling you you're going to end up end up back in the hospital in six weeks, yeah. mm-hmm. and him asking you what your diet was. What what did you answer? Were what you, was were your you diet? A vegan, a vegan cop? Yeah, what was I mean, going on? I, I want to know what your diet was. How did you respond to him? Yeah, so I I came uh, basically rice pudding, uh, cop food. You know, uh, chicken chicken McNuggets. Uh, on the weekend, real food, a real breakfast, real steak, you know, but kind of heavier on tubers, starch, that sort of stuff. Um, never been a big soda person, um, but I'm from the South, and so I had to have sweet tea. They're different. Sugars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a totally different kind of sugar. And it's a different kind of tea. Absolutely. You got to have ice in it, and it's got to be like your spoon can, Rude sweet. spoon can almost stand up in it if otherwise it's not sweet enough, <laughs> not enough sugar. Um, so yeah, I, I, they, uh, I had, a uh, some stomach or <laughs> I don't, I don't do war stories, but I, I had an injury. The injury put me in the hospital. Um, I got down to that point where I couldn't pick up a gallon of water for two or three months and, 
uh, I couldn't squat, couldn't do anything. And, uh, you know, did the standard stuff, got myself ready again. And, and he was asking me about it because one of the guys told him, um, uh, and so I was explaining to him what the doctor said I could eat, what my stomach could tolerate, what was, you know, this and that. And, uh, he says, those guys are killing you. You're not taking in any real carbs. You're, you're basically existing on sugar and stuff that they say you can digest and pass through your body, but you're not absorbing any of it. And so right. he kind of threw the zone diet out there and I read the book and, uh, you know, so oh, yeah, it's interesting, but I'm in a car 11.42 hours a day, four days a week and, you know, three days off and two of those three days off, I'm on the range. Uh, I just got to eat when I can. Um, so yeah, I crashed. Um, and then, uh, uh, probably a year after that, I got rhabdo, which I think mm. had some to do with my poor nutrition and dehydration issues, but, uh, 10 days in. No way. No way. You had five hour energy and no dose and yeah, all the other I good never stuff. never did on. any of that stuff. No bull. I still have never had a Red Bull or any of that, but yeah. So I think my CPKs were like 198,000 for 10 days in ICU. They're going to do a full fasciotomy and start dialysis and, you know, through a, God's grace, everything started leveling out on the ninth day and, you know. Oh, my God. So it was cool. <clears throat> but, yeah, diet and, and recovery, that's the key. It's a big deal. So I, I see that you are certified by Precision Nutrition, as am I, yeah. and I am a huge fan of John Berardi and his program yeah. and how he emphasizes habits over not not over nutrition, sure. but um, at least I, I found his courses to be about how to teach people to change versus, you know, more about yeah. what to eat. Yeah. But um, tell me a little bit about that and then how you use how and if you use that certification with athletes you train or otherwise. Yeah. So specifically with recruits at the academy, the first thing we recognize is that they're coming in from a normal walk of life. You know, we do get some you know, SEALs and Rangers and football players and guys that have a strong athletic background. But the majority of those people are um, normal citizens. And we're trying to mold them into serving protectors, you know, the, the warrior ethos. So the first thing we have to tell them is, you know, you, you had this eight-hour day, wife, kids, church on Sunday, you know, grab a movie, get something to eat. And now you're here for eight hours a day and you still got to get all that other stuff that you used to do done. So you're running on a 16 hour day. You got to be here at seven. What time are you going to bed? Is ESPN running in your bedroom and the TV on? Or are you getting, you know, caveman sleep? And uh, so we build habits. We use the food because food's like nutrition um, or food, food's like religion. You can say all you want, but you're, you're Christian, <laughs> Baptist, Catholic. You know, we have this saying whenever you clear or, or raise Christian bath, yeah. right? Catholic. Yeah. You come from a nutritional way of eating. Yeah. We, we have this saying that when you enter a room, you know, you search, you look left, right, up and down and then forward. So we say, we don't care if you're Baptist, whatever religion, when you enter a room, you're Catholic, you're, you're all going to sign it across this room and then you're going to go forward we use that kind of as a buy-in to have people 
understand. We're going to tell you some stuff about nutrition. You're not going to want to do it, but we just want you to change your state. Give it a shot. Give you a couple of options. Build in on that. And we do the same thing with the fitness model, the shooting model. We build the intensity based on psychologically what they can handle. And it works. The nutrition thing is, uh, I've had really, really good success with it just by changing habits, not forcing uh, three ounces here or two ounces there, just just habit. So it works. Right. Little habits at a time. Yeah. Really work. Um, I have to go back to an earlier question. Sure. Um, did you become an affiliate, an official affiliate at some point? Yeah, sorry. So 2000. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. 2002, I was still going back and forth to California and I met Dave and Nick Nibbler, you know, among the other guys, Rob Wolf and Bergner and Ripito and those people. Um, but Dave approached the coach and said, Hey, I, you know, we want to be an affiliate and we want to call it CrossFit North. Um, the coach said, sure. I think Dave offered him the money and said, Hey, I'll give you $500 or something like that. And, uh, he did because we interviewed him as well. And that's what he said. Yeah. And so <laughs> that happened and you know, we heard about it and I said, Hey, I, I want to, I'm on the, you know, I want to do one over here, CrossFit East because I do some martial arts. And, uh, he said, Hey, yeah. And you're on the East coast. So let's call it CrossFit East. Lauren wanted to call it CrossFit South. I was like, yeah, it doesn't sound too martial arty. So I'm going to go with, <laughs> I'm going to go with CrossFit East. And uh, you have to understand that when I came on and started stocking, there were only just a handful of affiliates yeah, in the world. Yeah. And I went to every page saw every video. I have watched more video of you moving. I stalked your sites. I, it just was one of those things on that left-hand nav or it was right nav maybe at the time with the affiliates on the right side. Yeah. It was and, hilarious. Um, you know, early in the day, it was just, it was this, you know, fire hose of, uh, of just really discreet information. Yeah. It was extraordinary. It was such a, such a resource and, and we copied so much off of you guys. Well, was, was CrossFit East affiliate number two? Was it Dave and then you? Do you remember? Yeah, the, the way I understand it, I guess, is CrossFit HQ didn't number itself. It was North and East, and I, I want to say Rob's place, NorCal, or something like that. But then they renumbered it, so it, moved, it bumped us to three, and everybody was like, well, are you two or three? I'm like, I, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was I think two. <laughs> Just depends, you know. It's, but so, yeah, I, I think, too, as far as external branches yeah. sort of deal. Um, Are you still running CrossFit East? Yeah. So um, CrossFit East, uh, CrossFit Southside. I don't know if you guys know Justin Berg. Um, yeah. When, oh, when yeah. he moved to California, he asked if I would manage that box. So I've got East and Southside. And the, the East community is really tight. You know, uh, Chris Russell over at Jags and uh, Ferrum and, um, Melissa Keel. Uh, so it's weird. We all kind of just sort of communicate, but I've been running those two boxes and, um, I guess I'm coming up on 12 or so years of monthly seminars, the level ones. And yeah, one, one day you're going to come to do a mobility seminar in Jacksonville and, I'll be here. It would be my pleasure. Let me ask you this. Um, 
you know, having the hindsight now, because, you know, we still, we're at our gym. I just finished coaching. I'm still, I'm still teaching beginners how to air squat still. (laughs) And I, and I still love it. I still am just a nerd for it, but, um, you know, my practice has changed. It's gotten simpler. I understand more deeply. Um, you kind of alluded to the fact that maybe when you first started this thing, you were missing the nutrition yeah. piece, right? We just we didn't appreciate that it was about building blocks and fuel and just simplifying. Right. Um, if you could go back to the start and, and kind of give yourself some advice now as a coach, what would you tell yourself? Besides, I should eat better and I need to make sure that my joints actually work like joints. Um, wow. Um, gosh, I, I, w- I would actually have to not i'd have to do what you just said the the mobility piece people see what crossfit um was previously putting out you know these monster wads the one percent of the world can do but there was no real tie-in to how do you prep for that so it was a little bit too much of that left for a coach trying to figure it out and i've always been a lesson plan guy so i did it earlier but i would I would want to have probably like we do every fourth day, a strength component. Why there's gotta be a pre and post mobility circuit. And then there's gotta be something that makes you accountable to your nutrition. So if I, if I had it to do all again, I would, I would definitely plug in the entire mobility thing sooner. Yeah, we would have too. Yeah. <laughs> I, everyone, we yeah. just had uh, our first CrossFit athletes, CrossFit Zero and CrossFit One at the house on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I apologize to them again <laughs> for all, all the tinkering. Yeah. And they're still, they're still at our gym. They're still training with us. Yeah. Do you guys still have people that have been with you from the beginning? Yeah. So um, most of the uh, Mike Hade, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, Chris Russell's, Mike Solis. Um, that's part of the problem, I guess, I had. Knowing at CrossFit East, I kind of controlled the crowd. You know what? In a weird way, it's like I'd get 45 people every every five months, and I'd go, welcome to the program. I need you to do a three-day meal makeup for me. I need you to review these mobility pieces, make sure you commit them to memory by month, you know, by week four, we're going to talk about strength here. And, um, there's nothing really for you to say, except copy that. And they, and they do it. (laughs) So when I went to CrossFit Southside, you know, you have people that are paying double, you know, what they were paying over at East and, you know, Hey, I got to be to work at 1230. I don't, I don't have that five minutes to do your little overhead bandit distraction. I just got to get in the shower and go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, well, yeah, even if your wad ends five minutes early, you're going to have time for it. And, you know, after a few weeks, they thank you for it. So that was kind of telling for me. You have people, they're adults, they know what they want to do and you can't stop them. So you have to, you have to, you have to stop them anyway and go, look, your money is, is really important to me, but only if it's under an agreement that I can live with. So you play it the way I want you to play it, or you can take your money and I'll, I'll definitely recommend a gym that I think fits you. 
I'm just I'm seeing you standing in like cargo pants, wide stance, arms crossed, <laughs> yeah, hat pulled down low, having yeah. this conversation with some middle-aged mom. Yeah. <laughs> mouth, <laughs> mouth moving, but words coming out later. It's just pure Japanese theater. It, <laughs> but it, it I feel does, like it works. You know? don't know what they don't know until you value it and say, hey, you have to value this. You have to hold people's hand to get there because you know, it's, it's a, a failure of the system and people just don't appreciate it. Yeah. And we just, we just have to say, this is something we value and then positional mechanics and nutrition and sleep has to be part of the conversation. Right. I, you know, we, we've done it all the gamuts, you know, Hey, you're going to be here with me for six weeks. If you don't like it after four weeks, you know, I'll give you your money back, but you got to do what I say for four weeks. You, you, you <laughs> got to do what I say. If you do what I say, everything will be fine. And, um, I don't have a, a, a big dropout rate, but I will say openly that I also don't draw hundreds of people in a year. Um, I'm kind of stoic. They know what I want. They know what I expect, but they don't leave once they get there. So I'm okay with that. People yell at me about that not being a successful model, but I can sleep at night and I'm pretty happy with what I'm giving people. So. 17 years later. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is CrossFit East family and how did it form? What's your, and what's your role? So, um, if you guys well know, cause y'all were like some of the big leaders in community funded stuff. So we used to try once or twice a month to, you know, do some sort of charity raiser, you know, and, so we would make it a point to invite an instructor from another affiliate to your gym and he taught your people. And so there was no, oh, go see him or his gym's better because we were all friends. So nobody fought to get the other group. It would be like, yeah, you know, go go work out over there. We got a seminar this weekend. Go train with CrossFit Jacks this weekend. Um, so it kind of turned into this unofficial like affiliate within an affiliate where there were 16 of us. And then people would call me and go, Hey, we want to be a part of the, the CFEF, the, the East family. And we got, you know, what do you think? And it's like, sure, we'll come over, we'll watch you work out. And unfortunately we've had one or two times where it's like, yeah, you're, you're using a name, but you're not really doing anything here. So no, I, you know, you can't be this unless you want to go through an intern program, which is us, giving you our best suggestions for how to treat people and how to get them better. So, uh, yeah, it, it went really, really well until I think there was a, something that came out with fight gone bad and, you know, you had to register online and send the money in and, um, people kind of got a little turned away from paying money somewhere they didn't see. They would much rather you put a five gallon bucket on the floor and people just showed in and poured it in and, we'd give it to the shelter or whoever needed it. So, yeah. yeah uh, just so, keep, it, keep it local. Yeah. Well, it's funny because now um, Alan Cook and uh, Hypoxia, uh, I've got like weird CrossFit East affiliates in Colorado and Iowa. Um, gosh. Yeah. We're kind of spread out. So it's been good. Yeah. That, that force of community you know, something we just mentioned early when we first started talking was just that you were one of my first contacts into the law enforcement community. 
and into the military community, just the greater those let's call it the warfighter tactical community. Sure. And you know, now I've it's I've spent better part of a decade, you know, really spending quality time and seeing the sort of the complexity of the issues. Yeah. And one of the things that you're working with that I think is really interesting is that you've done a lot of training for this active shooter incidents. Yeah. You know, that is very topical right now. Can you talk about that experience or kind of what you're doing? Because I think you're really this interesting bridge of, I mean, we, we've had, you know, FBI agents and CIA and we have a lot of people and people leave their guns, you know, they're yeah. like, oh, that's your gun right there. Sure. It's this normal part of the experience. Yeah. So people are, are familiar with some of our tactical athletes who work out here and things, but people don't have any experience with this and yet you're this really interesting bridge can you talk about this active shooter yeah thing that you're working on sure so it's funny like i said before you know i've, I've done martial arts way before this and be, be even before that i've always been in you know hostage rescue or tactics and actually started doing active shooter in gosh the late 1990s we had a, a incident here in jacksonville um and what drew me to it and why I think it's important is it's CrossFit. Uh, no, I'm not trying to like sell a brand or anything, but sort of imagine yourself, you're at a high school and all of a sudden gunfire goes off or let's, let's make it more adult. You're at a college and you're taking a evening class for personal education growth and suddenly a shooting happens. What are your options? You, you're going to run. Well, what if the parking lot's 300 meters? Are you in condition to do that? Uh, well, maybe you're going to sequester yourself so that this guy can't find you. Um, can you squat and stay in a squat for 10 minutes? Because if somebody's shooting and you're hiding, you're not going to be comfortable, but you're also not going to move. And what if the worst end of that happens and this guy confronts you? Are you ready to fight? Can you shift gears? Can you go? Can you get that intensity to stay alive? And if you know I'm coming, then I need you to be prepared to do what I need you to do to either help me, help somebody that got shot, render assistance, pick somebody up and move them. Um, if I can get you to buy in on the front end of that and you can tell yourself mentally, hey, TJ's on the way and he's bringing the boys. Yeah, yeah, you'll hold on and, and the, the whole concept works. So unfortunately, active shooter is as close to terroristic as you can get. You don't know when it's coming. The sad part is 80% of it is driven by people that you've had some contact with or know or, you know, suspected something, but not enough to do much about. Um, so it's it's like CrossFit. It, it just evolves, right? You have to like have these basic components, but then you have to understand why you need to do certain things within those components and why you can't skip them like heavy day. Oh, I don't like lifting heavy. I'm not doing it. Uh, yeah, you better work on your mobility because, you know, climbing out of a window and hanging off a ledge and dropping yourself down or that stuff um so active shooter is a big deal i guess on the outside realm people look at it like okay swat guys are showing up with their vest on and they're gonna take down the, the targets and these things happen really fast and they're over really fast so it's kind of kind of be up to you 
to know what you need to do until I get there and can finish, you know, or apply more myself. So we, we have, we've run into Joe DeSena. He's a, yeah. become a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and Juliet and I, we have a running hypothesis now that if everyone could do a Spartan sprint race, like a stadium race, yeah, people would be much, much better, more useful. Yeah. Right. And really, I think what you just described was a fitness and a movement practice, fitness practice that was useful. So one of the things that we have seen is, you know, people are just competing in their lives as sort of the, the things that we should be, do, be able to do. And, and people forget that the um, presidential physical fitness test was put in, in place by Kennedy to get people ready for military yeah. service. Yeah. Right. They've forgotten that that was what we were kind of thinking about. Yeah. Can we mobilize and protect ourselves? But on the front ends of instructing young people who are coming into law enforcement, have you seen a change in general readiness? Because we have certainly felt that kids are in terrible shape. Yeah. And it's not their fault necessarily. It's just the, they're products of a system that hasn't said we don't value this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of a scary thought. Um, but, you know, I guess when we, when I was coming up, because I'm old as rocks, um, the only people that had PSTD um, or PTSD were military, right? And then it kind of eked into police. And I was just listening to a, a uh, show this weekend on public radio. Kids are now identifying themselves as having, you know, stress issues because of the way their teachers put out the information for them to go. And, uh, you know, they're too sick to to work out and PT is a secondary topic in school. And um, yeah, so we get a flux of recruits that join the academy and they've already decided, you know what, if I'm going to try this for two years and if it doesn't work, I'll just take the 401k plan you gave me and I'll, you know, I'll go try something else. So that whole ready state again is, did you even sign up for the job to do the job? Um, kind of deal so yeah it's um the mental state is uh waning and yet we have we have more exercise options than ever before yeah um you still i mean you own a crossfit my crossfit practice is still a crossfit practice there's some things that have gone away just because i have some old injuries that i just have to work around (laughs) right my wrist doesn't extend very well so i you know there's some things that i just do i do a lot more dumbbells i have to be a lot more hot now i'm 46 yeah what's next for you what are you where where are you going what's the next 10 years look like for you um maintenance i uh i've got a l4 l5 recommended recommended surgery that you know it's just not from crossfit but don't you find it interesting that if i tell people i have a bad back they immediately go well how long you been doing this crossfit and of course you can't lift heavy every day and not have an issue um so yeah, maintenance for me. My my program now is uh, I work out two days, I take a day off. I work out three days, I take a day off. I, every fourth day, I'll go heavy. I'll go eighty percent, seventy percent, and one time try to be you know intense as long as I'm not chasing anyone other than the clock. Um, I'm I'm good, but three on one off for me is too aggressive. Um, my competition days are over except for fun. By the way, I, I saw your, um, was it a powerlifting meet you were at? It was 
Oh, I don't. I it was a powerlifting meet. I was barely. It was there. good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fun. It, it, you had the energy that I want people to have. You know what? Men will die for points. I get it, but man, just go have some fun. Who? Well, Juliet and I like to comp- we still like to compete and to challenge ourselves, yeah. and we get a wild hair. I and mean, Juliet just pulled back another national champ, a world championship in November. And, yeah. You know, but not in the gym. <laughs> we think the gym is a place to train for things that actually matter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Build a community of what you want. We lost that narrative. Well, and you know, what's interesting is the Star at Home Health Center. I don't know if you have, we have two gyms. We have our gym and then we have the gym at the house, huh. which is where we get a lot yeah. of work done ourselves. Yeah. Is that is that common for you absolutely. too? Absolutely. The, uh, the original CrossFit East gym is uh, in my backyard and it's, uh, you know, full ladder, eight pool stations. Uh, it's It's there. And then CrossFit East, the official site now over at the police mm-hmm. academy and and then the crossfit south side which is more of a seminar set up in like right in the middle of the wounded warrior hospital professional development part of the city so yeah i, I try to cater to different groups as we need but uh if i had it to say i'm all about garage gyms i mean that to me, that would be the the movement I'd like to bring back. It's like, come to the gym and then do your homework. Your your gym at home needs to be capable of improving what I'm giving you here at the gym. You're describing well, the Star at Home Health Center? Yeah, we we, uh, we could not agree more. In fact, uh, you know, sometimes we're, we advise our current San Francisco CrossFit members, you know, especially when they have kids or you know, other big life changes. We're yeah. like, Hey, why don't you have a garage gym? Yeah. You got to have a garage gym, yeah. right? Which may be shooting ourselves in the foot no. from a business standpoint, but, but we're such fans of the garage gym that, you know, we have to share. You, it, you, I'm like, you know, whatever happens with all of this, just make sure you put this part for people to hear, because I'll be replaying that loop over and over. And over. <laughs> I, I tell people all the time, you know, my goal as a trainer is to have you know what you need to do to survive on your own. So in my brain, I'm trying to get you ready in 12 weeks to do the minimal stuff. And if you like me enough and you want to keep coming back, I'd love to have you. But sooner or later, I'd like to get rid of you and you just do what you need to do on your own. And it works. Yep. You know, it's, it's great. Could you come, could you come raise my teenage daughters? That'd be great. Oh, they're, they're beautiful. <laughs> you don't want me to, I got, I got one boy who, eight years in the air force now. And if I had a girl, none of you guys would see me. I, the rule is you, you just be like flanking her at all I times. I would be <laughs> all over the country doing whatever she wanted to do toys everywhere. And, and the rest of you guys <laughs> would not exist, but I was not lucky enough to get a little girl in the mix. So but yeah. TJ, it's so fun to talk to you. Uh, can you tell everyone where they can find you on the internet or the social media? Sure. Um, so uh, CrossFitEast.com. So really, really simple site. Not a lot there. Um, Strength for the Shield on Instagram. Um, CrossFit East on Facebook. And uh, we have an external group for law enforcement called shield fitness that we're revamping for a ceu project um oh that's great yeah but yeah i have to warn everybody i don't have facebook or email on my phone so 
if you send me something, I won't check it until I get home. And Wednesdays is when I try to play catch up. So you mean if you don't have a box of donuts in the in the rig, you don't eat a box of donuts. If you don't have Instagram on your phone, you don't go to Instagram on your that, phone. I've got great donut photos on my phone, but dj <laughs> no. uh, thank you so much thank man. you it was a pleasure such a pleasure yeah thanks I'll see you yes, soon sir thank you thank you for listening to the ready state if you like what you're hearing check out all of our episodes here or at mobilitywad.com the ready state is the podcast of mobilitywad.com where we've assembled the world's most comprehensive database of guided movement mechanics and mobility videos, all with the goal to help improve performance and eliminate pain. Each motivated by the simple idea that all human beings should be able to perform basic maintenance on themselves. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under MobilityWOD. That's W-O-D as in workout of the day. Until next time, cheers, everyone. You got it. You Kelly Starrett is a New York Times bestselling author of Becoming a Supple Leopard and Ready to Run. He's a coach, a physical therapist, an athlete, and an innovator who works with elite athletes as well as everyday people who just want to be healthier and happier in their lives. Juliette Starrett is a co-founder and CEO of both San Francisco CrossFit and Mobility Wad, co-founder of StandUpKids.org, a writer, an entrepreneur, and a world champion athlete. Our theme music was provided by Rogue Wave. You got it! You better stop it.